Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. On today's episode, we'll go over the topic of retinal artery occlusion slash amaurosis fugax from the ophthalmology section on medbullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 76-year-old man presents to the emergency department with sudden vision loss in his right eye. He described the onset as if a curtain came down over his eye. He has a medical history of hypertension and coronary artery disease. On physical exam, a carotid brewery is heard. A fundoscopy exam demonstrates whitening of the retina. This patient was diagnosed with retinal artery occlusion. Now let's get into the episode. As a quick overview, occlusion of the retinal artery leading to occlusion slash infarction of the retina can result in permanent or transient vision loss, otherwise known as amaurosis fugax. There are two types of retinal artery occlusion, central retinal artery occlusion and branch retinal artery occlusion. So central retinal artery occlusion is occlusion of the central retinal artery leading to monocular vision loss. Branch retinal artery occlusion is occlusion of the arteriolar branch of the central retinal artery leading to segmental monocular vision loss. Moving on to the epidemiology of retinal artery occlusion, in terms of incidence, this is more common in the elderly. Risk factors include carotid artery atherosclerosis, where a carotid Doppler should be used for further evaluation. Other risk factors include atrial fibrillation, arterial hypertension, diabetes mellitus, hypercholesterolemia, carotid artery dissection, and fibromuscular dysplasia. As far as the pathophysiology of retinal artery occlusion, cholesterol embolism is the most common cause and leads to occlusion of the retinal artery. Associated conditions include acute ischemic stroke, migraines, and giant cell arteritis. In terms of the prognosis of retinal artery occlusion, know that there's an increased risk for cardiovascular and cerebrovascular events in these patients. Moving on to the presentation of retinal artery occlusion, Symptoms include acute and painless monocular vision loss. Physical exam may reveal retinal whitening, which is suggestive of ischemia, a quote-unquote cherry red spot. This is a cherry red macula surrounded by an opacified retina. And finally, physical exam may also reveal a carotid brewery if caused by carotid atherosclerotic disease. Studies to obtain in the workup of retinal artery occlusion include fundus fluorescent angiography, which is indicated when fundoscopic findings for retinal artery occlusion are not present slash unclear. Serum studies to obtain include erythrocyte sedimentation rate and C-reactive protein, especially in patients greater than 50 years of age with a central retinal artery occlusion. The differential diagnosis for retinal artery occlusion includes retinal detachment and migraine with aura. The differentiating factor of retinal detachment is that you may appreciate a retinal tear or see the detachment. The differentiating factor of a migraine with an aura is that a headache is typically present. As far as the treatment of retinal artery occlusion, currently there is no known effective therapy. Medical management, however, can include ocular massage as well as carbogen inhalation or hyperbaric oxygen. Ocular massage is indicated for conservative management and may theoretically lead to the emboli to move more distally in the artery to reduce retinal ischemia. Carbogen inhalation or hyperbaric oxygen is thought to cause vasodilation in an attempt to pass the clot into a distal segment of the occluded vessel. Finally, surgical management of retinal artery occlusion includes anterior chamber paracentesis. This is indicated to decrease intraocular pressure in order to move the emboli more distally in the artery in order to move the emboli more distally in the artery to reduce retinal ischemia. The main complication to be aware of for retinal artery occlusion is blindness. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic can be tested. First question. 
a 55-year-old man presents to the emergency department with transient vision loss of his right eye. The patient reports that the vision loss occurred only in his right eye, and it has never happened before. The vision loss lasted approximately five minutes, and he describes the vision loss as, quote, complete blackness. He states that at the same time, his visual symptoms have completely resolved. He has a medical history of hypertension, hyperlipidemia, and diabetes mellitus. Which of the following physical exam findings could most likely be seen in this patient? And the choices are 1. Cardiac irregular rate and rhythm. 2. Carotid brewery. 3. Papilledema. 4. Relative afferent pupillary defect. And 5. Retinal pallor. The correct answer to this question is 2. Carotid brewery. So this patient is presenting with 5 minutes of transient vision loss along with a history of vascular risk factors like hypertension, hyperlipidemia, and diabetes mellitus concerning for amaurosis fugax. The etiology is likely from carotid atherosclerotic disease, thus one could appreciate a carotid brewery on physical exam. To quickly review, amaurosis fugax describes transient vision loss that can affect one or both eyes. Patients with vascular risk factors such as diabetes mellitus, hypertension, hyperlipidemia, and peripheral artery disease presenting with transient vision loss are likely to have atherosclerotic disease affecting their carotid artery on the ipsilateral side of their transient visual loss. These patients frequently have a carotid brewery. This atherosclerosis can lead to a thromboembolic embolism of a cholesterol plaque from the carotid artery into the retinal artery, leading to retinal ischemia. When the plaque becomes dislodged from the retinal artery, patients regain their vision loss and can be thought of as a transient ischemic attack. As these patients are at risk for future stroke, they frequently have a carotid brewery, meriting further evaluation with carotid dopplers or CT-MR angiography to determine the extent of atherosclerotic disease and to see if a carotid endarterectomy or carotid stenting would be beneficial. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, cardiac irregular rate and rhythm describes a cardiac arrhythmia, for example atrial fibrillation, that can result in a cardioembolic occlusion of intracranial arteries. Cardioembolic occlusion of a retinal artery is possible, however, is much less common than thromboembolic occlusion from carotid artery disease, especially in patients with known vascular risk factors. Answer 3, papilledema, describes swelling of the optic disc, which can result in transient visual obscurations described as whitening or graying out of their visual field. Papilledema can be seen in cases of increased intracranial pressure, such as in intracranial space-occupying lesions, for example, brain tumors, idiopathic intracranial hypertension, and venous flow obstruction, for example, venous sinus thrombosis. Patients with transient vision loss via a thromboembolic process do not have papilledema. Answer 4, relative afferent pupillary defect, or RAPD, is typically seen in cases of optic neuritis, which can result from an infectious or inflammatory process or retinal artery occlusion. This patient had transient retinal artery occlusion, which would not result in a relative afferent pupillary defect. Finally, answer 5, retinal pallor, is seen in cases of ischemia of the retina caused by retinal artery occlusion. This patient has transient occlusion of the retinal artery for a few minutes, and one would not expect to see retinal pallor. To leave you with a bullet summary, amaurosis fugax in patients with vascular risk factors, for example, hypertension, hyperlipidemia, and diabetes mellitus is highly concerning for carotid artery disease, and the patient is likely to have a carotid brewery on physical exam. And moving on to the final question, a 65-year-old man with a history of transient ischemic attack presents to the emergency department complaining of sudden loss of vision in its right eye. Physical exam reveals a dilated and sluggish right pupil. On fundoscopy, the right retina is pale, and the fovea is dark red. 
What is the proper treatment for this patient? And the choices are 1, IV acetazolamide, pilocarpine, and laser iridotomy. 2, laser or cryotherapy to reattach the retina. 3, IV acetazolamide, ocular massage, and carbogen therapy. 4, ranibizumab and 5. Observation, as well as elevate the head of the bed at nighttime. The correct answer to this question is 3. IV acetazolamide, ocular massage, and carbogen therapy. So this patient has a central retinal artery occlusion, likely secondary to atherosclerotic disease. The treatment for this condition can include manual massage of the globe, decompression of the anterior chamber within the first hour of onset, carbogen, which is 95% oxygen and 5% carbon dioxide, and IV acetazolamide. To quickly review, retinal artery occlusions present with sudden painless vision loss in the affected eye. Fundoscopy will demonstrate a pale retina, cherry red spot at the fovea and edema. Management for central retinal artery occlusion is imperfect as interventions to alleviate the obstruction are too delayed. First-line therapies involve non-invasive interventions such as ocular massage to dislodge the clot to a less impactful location. Second-line therapy includes the more invasive thrombolytics. Pokerel et al. review the management of ocular emergencies, which includes mechanical injury, acute ankle glaucoma, chemical injury, retinal detachment, and central retinal artery occlusion. During any of these events, patients should be brought to the emergency department or an ophthalmologist. Visual fields, acuity, and ocular movement should be investigated. Additionally, it is important to perform a pupillary and fundoscopic exam, if possible. Varma et al. discuss in detail the management of a central retinal artery occlusion. As we previously stated, acute management can include massage, decompression, and acetazolamide. Sublingual nitrates, IV mannitol, and thrombolytics are other options. Future management includes prevention of neovascular complications using things like anti-VEGF and treating systemic sequelae. As central retinal artery occlusion indicates, there is likely significant atherosclerosis and or carotid disease. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, IV acetazolamide, pilocarpine, and laser iridotomy is the treatment for acute angle glaucoma. Acute angle closure glaucoma presents with eye pain and stiffness, loss of peripheral vision, and possible nausea and vomiting. Answer 2, laser or cryotherapy to reattach the retina is the treatment for retinal detachment. Retinal detachment can present with photopsia and the curtain coming down over the eye phenomenon. 4. Ranibizumab is one of several treatments for retinal vein occlusion. It functions through anti-angiogenic properties. Retinal vein occlusion can present nearly the same way as an arterial occlusion. Fundoscopy will offer definitive diagnosis. Answer 5. Observation with elevation of the head of the bed at nighttime is conservative treatment for vitreous hemorrhage. It can present with a painless sudden loss of vision in one eye or with, quote, floaters. Diabetic retinopathy is a major risk factor. That's all for this review about retinal artery occlusion slash amaurosis fugax. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.